Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 14 of The Mountains We Climb. In each of these episodes, we'll be diving into the mind of someone who has overcome significant challenge and adversity in their life so that we can see what is really possible and what it really takes. I'm your host, Jordan Kilpatrick-Smith, and today we're going to be exploring the journey of Dane Shapiro from becoming physically crippled by multiple bouts of sciatica to rebuilding himself mentally, physically, and spiritually. Dane, thanks so much for being here with me. Honored to be here with you. Thank you for having me, Jordan. Just before we get started, I just want to remind everyone that you can come and actually join us live in these conversations, both on Facebook and on YouTube. We love having you here. You can post your comments and questions along the way and join us. So without further ado, Dane, where does your story start? It starts uh, quite a while ago. We're going to focus on uh, sort of the most recent bout that I had with sciatic nerve pain. But just to give you a quick backstory, I've struggled with it since uh, about the year 2005, um, sort of up and down in certain years. It was uh, manageable. In certain years, it was almost unbearable. Um, and then I worked quite hard in uh, getting myself really involved in the fitness world um, in about starting in about 2013, I figured if I'm going to be dealing with this for um, a long time, maybe permanently, I might as well get myself acquainted with uh, the right sort of knowledge, um, the right sort of physical tools, the right sort of mental tools that I might need to manage it to perhaps overcome it. Although at the time, back in 2013, when I first started um, you know, my campaign against sciatica, I didn't think I would be able to overcome it. I was told so by many professionals, you know, medical professionals, physios, chiropractors, uh, that it was just something that people stay with for a long time, especially when it's a combination of uh, actual structural damage and not just, um, you know, something temporary like for example, a pregnancy, many women mm -hmm. experience sciatic nerve pain during that, but it kind of goes away after you have uh, endured that. But um, I worked really, really uh, diligently at it for about four years. And by 2017, I at the time had believed that I had completely overcome it. I had made some uh, serious changes to my uh, way of thinking, a lot of visualization of myself performing movements uh, that otherwise would have inflicted that nerve pain upon me. But in the visualizations, you uh, visualize yourself as a pain-free person with gratitude. So it was working really well. I was really happy with it. In fact, I distinctly remember now there being a time when I asked myself, is it gone forever? Um, it feels like it is. Mm -hmm. And then by 2018, um, late 2018, uh, my work situation changed from a local um, environment to uh, a long commute from uh, Hamilton area to Toronto. And um, I was also driving on the weekends, just making sure I was getting to meetings and uh, so forth. So it was more like a six day a, a week work, uh, mm -hmm. you know, schedule, uh, sometimes seven days a week. Um, and that much driving and incorrect biomechanics of how I was pressing my right foot down on the accelerator um, actually resulted in uh, a very um, unfortunate sort of callus. Unfortunate because many people have calluses on their feet. Uh, it's a normal thing. Uh, you know, when you're working hard, when you're walking a lot, when you're driving a lot, it does happen. And in any other location, it would have been just any other callus, but it just happened to be sitting right underneath an, an actual nerve that was leading into my, uh, my little toe. Um, and at first, being a callus, I didn't think much of it. I didn't want to be one of those people at work that said, hey, I have a callus on my foot. I can't drive anymore because <laughs> many people have calluses on their feet and many people do drive with those calluses. And did it hurt so, you at the time? Like, did you know that it was a problem or it was just it was, a build It was skin? vague. It, it was sort of like, um, I, I knew it was there, but it was nowhere near uh, even in the same ballpark of causing uh, nerve pain at the time. It, it happened... Uh, as it got progressively colder, as we led into sort of the, the fall and winter of 2018. Um, and, you know, at the time, I had no sort of routine on how to, like, moisturize it or keep it proper. Um, I was sort of just 
going with the belief that my body would just sort of heal and overcome naturally, I guess. Um, that was a horrible miscalculation on my part. Um, and in hindsight, of course, everything is 2020. Had I intervened at a very, very early stage, perhaps none of this would have happened. But, you know, because it happened, it led to some very bad and then some very good things, which we'll get into. So um, it just got progressively worse to a point where uh, I was having pain with every step. It was now coming to a point where walking from where I parked my car to the office building was becoming a challenge. Um, this is pain in your foot? Yeah, this is pain okay. now in my right foot. It's still local at this point. It hasn't mm -hmm. yet uh, sort of traveled up my leg. It hasn't become full-blown sciatic nerve pain. But I noticed something strange happening as this began to happen. And uh, that was my body weight. It began to drop very rapidly. Uh, no change in diet, nothing like that. I believe, and you know, I might be wrong on this, but I do firmly believe that mentally speaking, my mind simply did not want to carry that much lean body mass because um, perhaps it was trying to protect itself. Perhaps it was trying to take uh, preemptive measures. Uh, perhaps it knew what was about to happen. Um, and as it got worse, I kept dropping in body weight. So just to give you a very quick idea of what I mean by a drop in body weight, at my peak physical conditioning in 2017, I weighed about 191 pounds. And um, by the fall of 2018, I had dropped to about 165. So, and we're talking uh, about lean weight, right? This is not. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So I was, I was just, you know, always in shape in 2017. Uh, prior to taking this new job, I was actually coming off as being a personal trainer myself um, uh, in a in a uh, medium-sized gym in Waterdown. Um, so I, it wasn't just you know a regular. Uh, sort of uh, physique or physical conditioning scenario. It was someone who actually was in the fitness industry coming in thinking, you know, this would be a piece of cake, an office job for me. Um, but, you know, progressively got worse. And there came a point in, um, in sort of late 2019 uh, where I just, I, I, I had a talk with my uh, leadership and management at the time, um, you know, a uh, great uh, set of people. I, I really was disappointed that I could no longer continue to uh, work for them and get them and myself at my job, the results that I was really working very hard for. Um, so mentally, it was just, it, it was devastating at the time to know that it was the first time ever for me in a work or employment environment where I was unable to achieve the results that I wanted. Um, Prior to that coming in, I was sort of the person who, you know, on paper had always been a top performer. And um, that does something to you, right? That, that takes a little bit away from you mentally. Uh, it's a defeat of the body, but more so than that, it's a defeat of the mind in what you're trying to achieve. So I uh, gave in my resignation late 2019. So, sorry, you, what made you resign? I was no longer physically able to stand or walk or, or, or perform the work physically. And at the time, uh, a complete work from home scenario was not feasible. Although ironically, literally a month and a half later, we were hit by, unfortunately, by the COVID pandemic in the very end of 2019 and everyone did transition to work. However, by that time, my entire focus had been recovery and rehab. I knew that if I attempted both the rehab and work at the same time it just it wouldn't pan out mm -hmm. i really needed to give my body and my mind and my spirit that proper break and attention and it was the best thing that i could have done mm -hmm. and when you say that you couldn't stand or walk anymore is this still because of the foot or had the pain now spread had the sciatica redeveloped yeah, so by uh, the fall of 2019, um, the nerve pain locally in the foot had either agitated or actually led directly to the sciatic pain in the left hip coming back. The way that sciatic pain has always worked for me, and I, I have, to my research it works so for most people, is it will only happen in one hip or the other. Mm. Um, thankfully, uh, um, Maybe that's the only thing to be thankful about with sciatic nerve pain, uh, but this time it did happen in the left hip. So at that point, my right foot and my left hip were both sort of really, really 
struggling, really in pain. And when I say my left hip and sciatica, um, the way that sciatic nerve pain works is it actually travels in its later stages all the way from your hip down into your toe. So now I had localized nerve pain in my right foot because of the callus, and I had lightning-like excruciating sciatic nerve pain all through my left leg from the toe all the way up to the hip. And, and when, when someone's experiencing sciatica, is it all the time? Is it only when you move certain ways? Um, how, does, how does it play out for you? That's a when great question. I, I, I was waiting for that one. Um, it's a mind game more than anything. It, it's not all the time. It's not with every step. You don't know which step it's going to be. You don't know Hopefully. which step it's not going to be. So hence the mind game. You actually can never take your mind off it. You can't enjoy anything. Uh, a very, very simple process such as sitting up after you sat down in the chair for, for a little bit becomes just like a struggle in your mind on what steps you need to take which one is likely to hurt, which one isn't. Um, and, you know, when you've sort of forgotten about it for just maybe a few minutes and it comes back, it, it's crushing. It's almost like a slap in the face. It's excruciating physically. I'm sure, you know, there's a lot of research and um, information out there comparing sciatic nerve pain in terms of the pain scale. I won't get into that today. It's not the, uh, mm -hmm. not the point here, but... It's just the guessing game, I guess I would call it. That's, yeah. that's the best way that you can put it. And so what was it like for you to have been dealing with sciatic pain for a very long time? Doctors mm -hmm. have told you, you, you know what, you're going to be with this forever. You felt like you had overcome it. You worked really, really hard on your training to mm -hmm. build the strength needed to overcome it. Mm -hmm. You're pain-free, and now it's back. What's it that was like? <laughs> It felt like the end of the world. Uh, I, I'll be very frank with you. When all of this was really, really at its worst, at its peak in the fall, late fall of 2019, we're talking November, mm -hmm. um, I actually gave in my resignation uh, at the very end of October. So let's say November and December were the two worst months. Um, you know, this was happening. I didn't know whether I was going to get back to my job, that job, um, and then... COVID happened and I didn't know whether I was going to do anything after. Um, and, you know, regardless of the job that I've had, I've always had sort of a dream of mine to eventually start an initiative that's rooted around holistic fitness and health. And I didn't know whether because of this, that was a complete no-go. I just, it was a mixture of shock and disbelief to know that as a fitness professional who's actually working at a gym, training others, helping them get in shape, thinking I had overcome it and it came back full circle, I really had to ask some very, very difficult questions of myself. Had I actually overcome it or was I trying to convince myself that I had overcome it? Um, what had I done wrong? Um, had I done something wrong in the overcoming process back then, or was it simply all a matter of overworking and overstressing and undersleeping throughout 2018, 2019? Um, which one of the two, or was it both? There were so many questions, and I would sit there, obviously, being unable to really move and walk around, and uh, mind you, as I was undergoing the rehab protocol for my sciatic nerve pain and for my foot I blew out the right shoulder so then it became sort of a trio of you know right foot left hip right shoulder and you know just opening a door was like should I open it uh, there was a sling that you know you have to wear for a little bit it, it was the full scenario of just like a person who is incapacitated um, it got so bad um, at its very very peak I would say um, because in every sciatic episode, there are a few nights and a few sort of sh really sharp moments, which always stick around in memory. And when it gets to its worst, you can actually no longer stand. So like, for example, getting up in the middle of the night to go get a glass of water uh, turns into a scenario where you just collapse on the floor and maybe have to crawl your way from the bed to the kitchen. Um, very, very tough to even imagine doing that as a normal person.
Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you're reminded of those zombie movies almost where they're crawling with their nails on, on the floor. And as you're doing this physically, mentally, like the thoughts that are going through your head are completely, first off, overpowering. You know, just get into a wheelchair for the rest of your life, listen to the doctors, they're, they're the professionals. Just every self-defeating thought that you can possibly imagine will come up in that like 10 or 15 minute window all at once. Right. And it requires more so than physical strength. It requires extreme mental strength to bear with it. But I learned very quickly that the mental strength to simply, um, you know, accept it and bear with it is not enough to overcome it. Uh, there needs to be a spiritual side, a purpose to why should you, out of all the people who are also suffering with sciatic nerve pain, why, why do you deserve to be given this second chance um, of overcoming it? What are you going to do with your life afterwards? And that focus in that area for the, you know, I had always been very, very spiritual, um, you know, for the, I would say from 2014 onwards. But really in that battle, when you feel that you've won and you're back at square one again, you have to dig very deep into the spiritual pockets, mm -hmm. right? You, you have to really ask, okay, if I overcome it, what then? Am I just going to do what I was doing before, get another job nine to five? Or should I really now this time devote myself to helping others also overcome what I'm overcoming? Right. specifically the sciatic nerve pain. And that shift uh, led me to completely revamp what I was doing work-wise, how I was planning out my short-term, you know, five-year and 10-year career goals, um, completely wipe the slate clean of everything with the exception of a way to first help myself and then just help as many people as possible. Because it was... In hindsight, the only time when I was completely sciatic nerve pain free was the time that I was personal training at, at, at a gym. And it was when I switched over to the much higher paying nine to five jobs that I sort of sacrificed those ideals for financial goals and career right. goals. And um, I suppose you can call it karma. I suppose you can call it cause and effect. I suppose you can just call it a string of bad judgments on my part. Um, but it all needed to happen because if that did not happen, the person I am now today speaking to you would not be here. And yeah. Um, yeah, it's been a long road. I got a comment here for you. There's a few of them, but the one that uh, really stands out, Laramie says, you are a warrior. You know, mindset is, is everything. And, and this is what, what I'm hearing from you is that the, the mindset was in a spot where you were like, you know, the physical crippling is enough, but to have that, the, all of the thoughts, the self-defeating thoughts on top of that is really a dark place to be in when you yeah. worked so hard to get out of it mm -hmm. and you're literally just thrown right back in, into the depth, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and, uh, sorry, go ahead. No, I, 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 I just want to say that's, that's, that comment just reminds me of, of this uh, a few nights um, in the late 2019 uh, sort of scenarios. And, you know, this, this may come across as a little strange, but there were times when, you know, you would be hearing all these news stories about, you know, COVID and all of that, and you know, the world is never going to be the same. And um, I had always viewed myself as sort of the person who was um, wanting to make a positive change in the world. Somehow, I didn't know exactly step-by-step step how I was going to do it, but the willpower and the desire to do that was there. And to see that the world was going through such a hard time and I was unable to do anything, um, anything about it was perhaps the most difficult of the, of the thoughts that I had to wrestle with, more so than, you know, I was always kind of positive and I will be able to overcome it to a certain extent just to get, get, through life for myself, but to become that person again, who was training others, who was helping others, who was inspiring others, would that be possible? Was, was the real big um, question in my mind. And so what I'm hearing is that the first 
step along the way for you in this recovery from that depth was the spirituality. Yes, I, I firmly uh, would, would say that's correct. I, in fact, up until the fall of 2019, I was um, uh, quite staunch in my, my, some of my spiritual beliefs, but um, I would say that I was a spectator still on the sidelines. I wasn't right. running the actual race. I wasn't on the path. And, um, you know, there was, uh, there was a specific, uh, there comes a point where you either are, are going to do it or it's going to completely destroy you. And sciatic nerve pain is one of those things that if you allow it to go on, um, you know, have its way with you, it will actually cause, um, permanent nerve damage to the point mm -hmm. when you are in your fifties and sixties and seventies, you're essentially, you know, a, got a permanent hunch and all of those things. And I just really did not see myself being able to help others in that condition in my later sort of uh, time windows. So the spiritual side of it, that commitment to yes, if, and when I do overcome this, it's not going to be go back to just any job. It's going to be, this is the only thing I'm going to be doing is helping others. Right. Um, that conviction made it a lot easier. It wasn't easy by any means. It was extremely painful physically, extremely challenging mentally, constantly being told, um, you know, by uh, people that are close to you, oh my God, you've dropped so much body weight. Wow, I can't, like, are you okay? Like, are you, what are you going through? And you can't actually, in a conversation, just, explain to them what exactly sciatic nerve pain is and you know they've heard about it but there's different kinds of it so you can't say mine is this and yours is is like that so you kind of just have to deal with it all physically deal with it all mentally hold everything at bay in those two areas i feel and then on the spiritual side just really really try to be that that person who actually deserves a second chance um, that is going to do something with a second chance. And when I truly began to become that person in my mind, um, in my soul, I would say more so than the mind, um, I began to, you know, just build this internal um, toughness that felt like sort of a conversation between the soul and the mind, where the soul was almost beginning to soothe the mind a little bit refocus the mind in the areas where I needed to focus. Um, and along the way, I had the help of, you know, many uh, great mentors and friends, just um, a lot of information that was very useful. And all of the fall of 2019 and the spring of 2020, um, you know, for me, it was, it was uh, sort of uh, a lockdown, regardless of whether there was an actual lockdown, because I was just at home overcoming, recovering um, in mind, body, and spirit every single day. Uh, anything that I could do uh, to be a better person on the spiritual side, anything that I could do, whether it was just one push-up. I remember there was the first time that I got back to physically doing something, I was just able to do like a one push-up and maybe half a squat. But mm -hmm. that was a beginning, right? That was a yeah. start. And from there, it built up. And, um, you know, psychologically speaking, one of the things that happens with sciatic nerve pain and you know anyone who's struggled with this will will tell you the same thing it really brings anger and shortness out in you um you like the things that would get under your skin would be like the smallest of things mm -hmm. um, you put a mug down on a counter and you're not able to put it down properly because at the very last moment like a tinge of nerve pain happens and like um sort of either clashes down on the counter and that inability to do something that simple just really really gets under your skin psychologically yeah i can i can only imagine i know just you know thinking about having a headache right mm -hmm. just that constant pain mm -hmm. is super frustrating right so to live every life with excruciating pain yes i can only imagine how frustrating and and anger inducing that is mm -hmm. little very very simple tasks like tying your shoelaces it becomes sort of a, a 12 point mechanical process where you know um 
I can only sleep sort of in one or two positions. It has to be very strategic. And if that gets ruined overnight, you risk it coming back. So every morning is sort of like, is it going to come back or is it going to be, uh, is it going to be okay? Um, and all you can really do is sort of accept it because the more you resist it, the worse it kind of gets. And only by accepting it first, can you then clear your mind for an actual plan of action on how to overcome it. Um, so I, just had to remap a lot of the, the, the psychological and spiritual uh, sort of qualities that I was, you know, that were in front of me that I even had sort of preached to others in the past, but really wasn't manifesting to the point where that simply is just a way of being, that there's and no other way. Are there any examples of those qualities that come to mind? Yes. Uh, one would be uh, gratitude and a lot of individuals um, that I've come across have a different definition of gratitude for me. I tend to believe that we should um, honor the past, know the present, and be grateful for the future. A lot of people believe in being grateful for things when they actually happen. I believe in being grateful for them before they happen. Um, every time I would experience sciatic nerve pain, I went from Within a matter of months, it just, it felt like there was a new sort of spiritual power coming up um, to my aid. And it went from having these really angry thoughts of, you know, who can I find and what can I find to be angry at? How can I show the world my pain? I want everyone to know what I'm going mm -hmm. through to, um, I'm thankful for this pain because without this pain, I would not be the person that I'm becoming right now. Yeah, That's what good. a powerful shift yes. to, to and, become and, and, grateful. And, yeah, and figuring out how you can befriend your pain, if that uh, sort of makes sense. Um, it's, it's a subtle, very, very subtle thing. Um, I wasn't able to do it for a long time, but... That's all it really is. Just another friend, just another signal from your mind to your body telling you something needs to be changed. Something needs to be improved. I'm trying to communicate with you right here. This is the only way I know how to get your attention. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Larry says that's, that's epic. And I totally agree. Like, it's, it's a very humbling experience to then become grateful for pain, to, mm -hmm. to befriend it, as you're saying, right? Because mm -hmm. we kind of have to get out of our own ways to allow that mm -hmm. to happen. Mm -hmm. There's a very, very important sort of spiritual and mental distinction I want to make sure. uh, on anyone who's struggling with sciatic nerve pain, who may have seen professionals, who may, may have seen uh, somebody with a long list of certifications who recommends things like surgical uh, alternatives, you know, um, all sorts of gadgets placed in your body, um, which then have to be every few years recalibrated and so forth. I want to give them a one word sort of um, reminder on what it would really take to overcome sciatic nerve pain, and that is sacrifice. You cannot have your cake and eat it too when it comes to sciatic nerve pain. So physically speaking, I had to completely change my diet. I had to sacrifice eating a lot of the things that, you know, a lot of people enjoy eating these days. Um, you have to give up something to get something. Um, you know, there is an old, old saying in yoga that for one thing to happen, another thing must not happen. That for energy to be in one place, it must be transmuted from another place, right? Mm -hmm. For you to get one thing from the higher power, you have to surrender one thing prior to that. That is the sacrifice that you make. And any time that you egotistically simply want something out of attachment, even if you end up getting it in life, a cost is always extracted from you later. It is known as the opportunity cost of getting that want or desire. So by sacrificing something before, whether it's completely revamping your diet so that no living things are killed in the process, although arguably, in my opinion, plants are living things, but that's an discussion for another day yeah. <laughs> um, mentally speaking realizing that you will no longer view pain as an enemy but as a guide as a teacher 
a great teacher, one of the best teachers you can possibly have, builds a lot of character. And spiritually speaking, that, you know, regardless of the glitz and glamour of any other occupation or way of life, that this will simply become the way yeah. for you, right? This sacrifice on three different levels, not just spiritually, but physically, psychologically, and spiritually, the holistic sacrifice, the complete sacrifice is what I would like to refer to it as was required for the actual recovery. And so when you're talking about diet, because I know a lot of people are going to have questions about this and you're saying you sacrifice things from your diet. What, uh, what actually was removed? What is your diet now? What is, what did you change that allowed you to now recover? This is a funny story. I'm going to give you a very quick backstory to this. I, um, until 2017 was uh, just sort of a regular eater. I had cleaned up my diet uh, a lot from the college slash bodybuilding days. You know, Mm -hmm. I wasn't eating nearly as much meat as I was before. It was more balanced. It was more of a a fitness way of being rather than simply lifting weights. There was definitely that shift that had happened. Obviously working at a gym that also believed in that really helped along. So I, it wasn't that I had to remove much from my diet. Most of it was plant-based. Most of it was organic. Most of it was, um, you know, the meats were sort of grass-fed. They were, uh, they were organic regardless of, um, you know, where I had to go to get them. But there was a subtle thing that happened where I have a pet who is a rabbit. Um, and he sort of just hangs around wherever he, he wants to. And anytime I would cook meat, uh, he would have a fit where he would almost destroy, attempt to destroy everything in sight, almost as if to tell me, hey, don't do that. And to appease him more so than to do anything for myself, I decided to give up meat temporarily. And um, right there and then, my sciatic nerve pain began to improve. Now, this was a while back before I reached physical conditioning. It was the last thing that I did overcome sort of nerve pain at that time but I kept fish and I kept a little bit of other um, I would call them animal products or animal based foods in my diet such as like milk and cheese and stuff little little bit of that eggs you know Mm -hmm. seafood for the most part but in 2019 I simply said to myself look this is a bit hypocritical if you're going to do something it must be done entirely all the way Mm -hmm. and it's completely possible for a person to cover all of their nutritional bases on a plant-based diet, a fully plant-based diet. In fact, you know, evolutionarily speaking, we grew up as, uh, as plant eaters and not as meat eaters. So I made that complete sacrifice of eliminating all animal-based foods, um, all sort of processed foods. So there's a, um, a fallacy in the sort of the vegan or plant-based world that you can get by on white rice and tofu, which is sort of non-meat based, but it's not a whole food. So completely switching to a whole food, plant-based organic diet, living with nature all the time, when you are eating, when you are thinking, when you are just being, um, making sure that you are not out of harmony with what's actually happening. Because a Mm -hmm. lot of people, like just imagine waking up at 5 a.m., getting to a vehicle, spending all this fossil fuel and hurling yourself at 110, I won't say how fast I was actually going. Let's say I was always going under the speed limit. Hurling yourself in this metal tube that has explosions going inside of it all the time to get to a place to injure yourself slowly, to come back, to get a paycheck that you could have just gotten working a local job anyways, simply because you wanted to be in that profession or you wanted this title and position and you wanted to be in these high level meetings and presentations, talking with CEOs and such. It's laughable to me now, but at the time it's so convincing, right? Yeah. At the time. So easy to get caught up uh, in it. Yes. You know, I, uh, once upon a time dreamt of becoming an investment banker. This is who I was. Um, not the same person. Uh, yeah. put, it, put it lightly. Uh, not the same values. 
So in that sense, uh, even though sciatic nerve pain has been the most painful thing in my life, it has been the greatest thing in my life because it's single-handedly what has allowed me to uh, develop what I'm developing of my own uh, outside of any job or outside of other work. And um, this time, I really, aside from the sacrifice for the diet, so we've talked about the physical now, the diet, making sure that I was getting ample cardio and walking around, because when you have a nine to five, and a nine to five job is not really a nine to five job, it's more like a 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. commitment, mm -hmm. travel and all included. I just wasn't getting the proper, proper exercise, and the, the human person is not designed to wake up, go to a seat, get into a car, switch from that seat to another seat, spend eight hours there, we, we need to move around. We need to be out in nature uh, to forage a little bit before we actually break our fast, hence the word breakfast, breaking the fast. You mm -hmm. have to fast before the breakfast. It can't be the first thing. Otherwise, you're not breaking any fast. There was no, no fast to begin with, right? Um, mentally speaking, the ego had to be sacrificed. So to explain to you what I mean by that is it is very difficult mentally speaking for a person who is a former trainer, 185 to 190 pounds to say, look, I am gonna need to drop down probably to 150, in my case, to 140 pounds. Imagine a 51 pound drop in of body. muscle. Pretty much lean mass, yeah. nothing fits you anymore. You're swimming in your t-shirts, you're, it's, it's, it's wild what it can do to you. And setting that aside, that judgment of yourself, the response of the judgments that you might receive from others. Um, even the people, and often the people that are closest to you have the most uh, trouble seeing changes in you because they're so used to you being a certain way. Um, putting all of that aside and saying, look, this needs to be done because this was the one thing that was not done in my last so-called recovery. Just cutting down to the bare sort of muscular and skeletal structure and seeing how I can improve my skeletal biomechanics of in the smallest and most subtle things. How do I stand? Am I still shifting my weight to the outside of my right foot? Hence, is the pinky or the little toe still stressed? Or am I actually pressing my big toe down on every step, properly activating my calf muscle? Is my gait and my walk properly placed? Um, when I turn around, Am I using proper rotational torque for my torso connecting to my hip? Or am I sort of just overstressing and circulating my spinal column? Um, little things like that. Am I tying my shoelaces properly? Mm -hmm. um, it all had to be reprogrammed. It, I al almost felt like this sort of AI robot who was built for the first time and it's being taught how to like walk and how to eat properly and learn everything. That's what it felt like um, yeah. psychologically. So for people who don't speak medicine. Uh, just to, to clarify all of that, we're looking at every part of the body and saying, is this functioning optimally? And in order to do that, you had to break everything down, mm -hmm. you know, both literally and figuratively, or yeah. you lost all that muscle so that you can see how is this functioning and what do we need to do to make it function properly? Or perhaps allow it to function properly might be a, a more correct way to say that, right? Mm -hmm. You're correct. And for the viewers who have heard of sciatic nerve pain, but don't exactly know, actually know what is the sciatic nerve? What is it really? Mm -hmm. It is the largest nerve in the human body and it actually runs through the spine, through the hips, all the way down to your, um, your toes. So it's your whole body. You, you, you don't know where the pain is going to be. Sometimes it could be a really um, fiery, warm pain in your calf. It can be in your hamstring, but generally speaking, if it has reached down to your toes, this is known as uh, stage four or late stage sciatica, which is what I had. Right. Uh, Laramie has a, a bit of a question I feel here. Um, yes. What do you think about Tai Chi and Qigong in helping with rehabilitation and helping the uh, body function? Yes, both would be excellent. However, prior to either, I would go for something even slower. So um, Laramie brings up a very good point. Any movement, any functional demonstration, as I like to call it, 
that requires you to slow things down is absolutely necessary. Mm -hmm. Um, from again, a holistic standpoint, because when you are rushing through a physical movement, um, you are not giving your mind the ample time that it needs to communicate with the, with the body. And from like a scientific standpoint, you're not giving your central nervous system ample time to send the proper signals to the, to the nucleus that exists inside each cell. So every cell in the body has a core and a nucleus, kind of like the brain of that cell. Mm -hmm. And each nucleus will constantly communicate with the central nervous system, like an on-off sort of zero-one binary sort of function you need to really, really maintain prolonged time under tension, which is why I would firmly place yoga prior to something like Tai Chi, prior to something a bit more fluid. Um, really, really static yoga. So it's known in Sanskrit as hatha poses, non-movement, right? Uh, a plank, for example, is, is a great example of a, a static pose that works the entire body so you have contraction throughout the entire body but you have no movement so it's static contraction to the whole body um this allows your brain say that you're holding the pose for 30 seconds 30 seconds of constant communication between the central nervous system and and your body this prolonged time under tension in yoga is very very powerful in healing nerve damage individuals like myself individuals who have been in car accidents or any kind of accident, um, they will report miracles happening when you begin to do serious yoga. And the funny thing is, aside from the physical poses, if you are doing serious yoga, you are making those dietary sacrifices. You are delving into spirituality because physical yoga without the, the mental, the psychological or the spiritual yoga is sort of um, like you're just acting, you're pretending, right? It's, right. Another, it's another way of saying it. So uh, a very, very uh, firm grasp in yoga. And then on top of that, uh, something very, very slow and calculated like Tai Chi would essentially be the ultimate remedy for, um, for sciatic nerve pain. Nice. And so where... So, okay, so you started doing this rehabilitation. A very yoga heavy approach, looking at every structure and function in the body and saying, mm -hmm. how do we allow this to function optimally and in the way it, it should be? And then, and so you, you also changed your diet to, to a plant-based diet. You started mm -hmm. to explore this spiritual journey of saying, I'm going, I, I want to heal so that I can help others heal too. Yeah. And, and where has that led you? What, what came after that? Um, wonderful things began to happen. Um, your entire perspective on just every moment of your life changes. And um, if I can just very quickly refer to the previous point, sure. because it ties into that, uh, you know, after that sort of foundation in yoga, the little movements that I was correcting, like my step and everything, almost became kind of like a Tai Chi form in and of itself. Like imagine taking five to six seconds for every step, very, very slowly feeling the energy flowing from the toe up into your ankle, up into your calf muscle, up into your leg muscle, connecting with your glute and then pushing you forward. That chain, that sequence has to be learned very slowly. So whereas it wasn't a Tai Chi of the upper body, it definitely became sort of a very, very slow meditation throughout my entire body. And that in and of itself led to a shift in that everything is yoga, hmm. right? It's not just the 10 poses that you do. It's not just a class. It's not just for the 30 minutes that you're listening to the meditation or the lecture or when you have your headphones on. It's every second every moment, every breath, every step, every decision, every thought, every action, every non-action, every inch of you is yoga. So it's a way of being. It is the way and the way of being all at once. And for individuals who may not have a grasp on what yoga actually is or 
their exposure to yoga is limited to essentially the poses that happen at the studios. It essentially means complete harmony, wholesome harmony with everything that is inside you and everything that is external. Just being you in the proper place at the proper time in the proper proportion, not out of proportion, not living beyond your means, not being beyond your means, not thinking that four animals must die every day that you might see another day. Things like that. Mm -hmm. That's yoga. Yeah. And so where you said lots of good things have happened for you, right? So mm -hmm. uh, I guess, would it make sense to go through the three things that you mentioned, like physically, mentally, spiritually? Yes. Physically speaking, I am stronger than ever before. Um, at a lower body weight than I was before. So my strength to lean mass ratio, as, as I like to calculate it in my program, has skyrocketed. And I mean just skyrocketed. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that in a non-plant-based sort of diet, there's a lot of inflammation that is coming to you from eating um, not just animal foods, but like heavily cooked meats and barbecued stuff. Uh, it's causing all sorts of inflammation in your body. So whether you put on lean mass or not, whether you're working on or not, you're always dealing with a low level inflammation that's happening through your body. And it tends to build up in the joints and that sort of thing. So feeling stronger than ever physically, feeling more capable than ever physically, um, you know, um, cardiovascular health is just phenomenal. Um, I remember way back when, you know, before fitness and all of that became my life, my blood pressure, cholesterol, even at a younger age, in my early 20s, weren't the best. Um, my pulse was always sort of high. There's like a low-level tension, anxiety all the time. That something was just missing. It was wrong. Like there was something going on in the real world where I just wasn't grasping it. Like there were almost like two simultaneous worlds happening. There was like a wall that was invisible that was separating me from the real world. You're living in a matrix almost. And you know it, but you can't do anything about it that has been lifted. Um, so, you know, mentally speaking, aside from that, just an endless sense of um, hope and optimism, knowing that I had not overcome it the first time, and I'm not going to label it like that anymore. I just had misled myself to believe that I had overcome it, but hadn't really. It was sort of what I call putting a band-aid over a solution that actually requires stitches to heal right. from, right? You can cover it up, but sooner or later, it's going to come back around and open back up. Mm -hmm. um, so the knowledge that I gained, the greater knowledge that I gained about biomechanics, physiology, nutrition in the process, how I can use that to help others now, actually with full confidence that it worked not just for me, it can now work for anyone suffering from those variables, from inflammation, from structural uh, sciatic nerve pain um, that it has now become more of a science rather than something that I did and had worked for me. Spiritually speaking, uh, we've gone through it a little bit, but perhaps the greatest, I would call it victories, uh, triumphs, gains came from the spiritual side. Just strange things that may not make sense for you or anyone else. Um, animals will treat you completely differently. Uh, birds will begin to follow you, uh, just randomly come up to you, uh, just watch you, and um, you are essentially living as you should have. And you begin to think, why, where was this all this time, yeah. this way of being, right? Um, waking up, knowing you're waking up with a purpose, not just to get through the day, but waking up to serve others more so than yourself. Yeah, and I, th I think... A, a lot of us, I, I'm just going to speak for the Western world because that's where I live. That's where I've grown up. Mm -hmm. we, we listen to things like this where someone's talking about how they're living in harmony. They're, they're eating plant-based. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they have a spiritual purpose. They feel hope and gratitude every day. And I think it's so foreign for us because we live in this world that's just so like, the opposite of that, that we look at that and we go, they must be crazy, right? Like there's no way that that could happen because I, I can't even imagine that. Mm -hmm. Do you think that the old Dane 
would would have viewed that the same way i i was an atheist i was a firm uh, non-believer in anything spiritual i uh, spent quite some time chasing every insect and killing it and finding any way i could to just alter my natural sort of equilibrium i was completely um you know to use uh a Star Wars term, completely over to the dark side. I, <laughs> right. I, I was just completely in the dark, uh, just blindly following any sort of fad trend. Um, you should be wearing $600 uh, Versace and Armani shirts because that's what a man is. Uh, you need to drive a certain car. You need to look a certain way. Um, I am my job. I am my, my, if I hang out with this group of friends, I'm more accepted. Just pointless yeah pointless things completely envelop us in the western world simply because of one key distinction that everyone knows about but no one really sits down and really thinks about it and that is money currency currency essentially in the western world is the be all and end all of existence right the the material and physical value of things is what I mean by currency. Mm -hmm. In yoga, however, you're taught that there is a simultaneous currency, which is what I call spiritual currency. Okay? And that is essentially, in even simpler terms, your karma level, your karma points. Where does your karma reside? Right? And before I learned yoga, I simply thought it was one or the other, like to become a really successful person, to be sort of this successful eye banker, you can't be sort of a good person, you can't be soft, you can't be, you can't show weakness, uh, you have to be a shark, you have to be cutthroat, um, you know, it's a, it's a do or die world, it's either you or the other, it's a, a zero sum analogy. Uh, in every way. And after you learn yoga, you begin to realize that you don't have to go to the other extreme either. You don't completely have to sacrifice your profession, how you generate a living, how you make money. You can balance that with spiritual currency. And I think a lot of people in the Western world are, are scared that it's either one extreme or the other. And rightfully so, because a lot of so-called masters and gurus and teachers will lead you to believe that you should now go live in a forest, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's completely wrong, that extreme. And my teacher, who I learned from directly from his teachings, is Gautama Siddhartha, who is also known as the Buddha, uh, the original Buddha. And he very, very clearly said, one extreme is just as bad as the other extreme. It's yeah. the middle yeah. way. It's the balance and the harmony. It's the middle way. Every animal that is eating other animals has to eat other animals in a proper proportion. And if they don't, then the hyenas will overpower the lions and so forth. Everything exists in harmony. Everything is perfectly in motion, except for us. Yeah. We are sort of the one odd person out, right? So yeah. realizing that through yoga. Absolutely. So um, taking a, a look at the time, we got to start to wrap things up here, unfortunately, but what would you say to the old Dane? If you got a chance to go back, let's say five years or 10 years, what would you say to that person? What were you thinking? <laughs> aside, aside from that, aside from that, um, I would say two things. I believe it was, um, a great Russian author, I forget his name now, who said, there is within us a strength to overcome anything. You just have to find that, right? Mm -hmm. um, because even though I was really big and strong physically inside, there was a meltdown every right. day, right? And the second thing that I would say is um, something that I live by. Uh, I believe Ovid from way back in the Greek world said this and he said, uh, be patient and tough. One day this pain will be useful to you. Right. This yeah. is, these are the two things I would say to everyone. Um, and it is possible. It's not an impossibility. If you are 
going the doctor route, the physio and chiro route, and it hasn't worked for you, it's likely because you are not making the correct sacrifices in the correct places. Um, you are trying to have your cake and eat it too. And unfortunately, with sciatic nerve pain, that will not and has not worked, and I don't think it'll ever work. If one day they completely design a way to scientifically or medically overcome it, I will be very, very happy for those who get comfort from it. But in the meantime, you have to warrior up. That is yeah. the only that is the only way. Yeah. Few comments from Laramie I just want to read uh, before we wrap up. She says part of her meditation recently is the mindset shift towards abundance uh, so that she can be able to give more back. Um, she said she would love to learn from you. I know I would love to learn from you. I think there are lots of people that could really benefit from hearing what you have to say. So where can people find you? Where can people contact you if, if they need to? Well, I've spent the past seven years developing um, um, what I know to be a one-of-a-kind proprietary holistic body-minded spirit conditioning system. Um, there have been brilliant minds who have, who have helped me along the way um, in developing this, um, pain being one of them. Right? <laughs> yeah. um, and I am a few weeks away from, uh, you know, with my team and my uh, cherished partners uh, launching um, my blog and my website. I would say the blog would be the first place because a lot of individuals who are learning yoga or want to learn yoga are pulled apart in a hundred different directions and every school of thought has their own sort of thing. I don't come from any school of thought. I simply am advancing the message of the Buddha unaltered as he handed it down. I believe it doesn't need to be altered. Um, and I will be writing very, very simple, short blog articles like, what is yoga? Mm -hmm. What is karma? What is presence? What is attachment? And I think these root pillars and these terms that we use so often, that we read so often and hear so often, are so often misunderstood. And just a very, very basic primer in knowledge and then uh, basic yoga sequences. And of course, you know, private consultations, if you so seek, will be available as, as well. On the website, that is. Through the website. Through website. And uh, as we are speaking now, and I would like to uh, say, hopefully in person, out in nature with some good friends, some trees, um, perhaps some of our bird friends will join us. Mm -hmm. But uh, anytime that you have other life around you, um, your life will become better. Nice. I love that saying. Uh, Laramie asked if, if the blog has a name as of yet. Um, the blog itself does not have a name, but my company and uh, the, the system that I am launching, it is called SORD, S-O-R-D, and it stands for Service Operations Research and Development. It's going to be more of an academy-like experience. I find that the open gym model where anyone can go in there and do anything simply doesn't work for a lot of people. Uh, it's kind of like saying, yeah, let's enroll you into university and you can just go in and do whatever. We're not going to give you any courses, any, any professors, any help. What are you really going to do? Yeah. Where are you going to go? So it's a very, very guided program that can be tailored for that individual. So no two programs are truly alike because mm -hmm. no two individuals egos and physical bodies and twins even have different souls. So no two souls are alike, right? Yeah. Uh, and each soul has to be treated as it should be. Absolutely. And so for everyone listening, I'm absolutely going to put the links in the description as soon as they're available. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So Dane, as soon as that's up, I'll get it from you. We'll put it down there and then people can come check out the blog uh, and, and contact you. Yes, definitely. By the end of August, look forward to having some very, very useful and helpful information from us. And um, let's uh, be friends in this journey of overcoming ourselves. Finally, my question, as always, to you as the listener, what are you going to do with this information? What are you going to do to improve your life? How are you going to use this information to overcome the struggles that you are currently facing? This episode has been unlike 
any of the other ones because I think this is the first one where we've really explored spirituality as something that helps move towards. Um, Dane, thank you so much for being here. It was an absolute pleasure. And as always, I will see everyone back here next Saturday with another incredible story. Until then, bless you. It was an honor. Thank you very much.